I'm Mackenzie Atwood, and welcome to the Steven Universe podcast. We're coming at you from the writer's room of Steven Universe at Cartoon Network Studios in Burbank, California. This podcast is your all-access pass to one of my favorite shows, Steven Universe, and I'm so excited today to have two very special guests. They need almost no introduction. I've got Zach Callison, who voices the title character, Steven Universe, and Grace Rolek, who voices Steven's best friend, Connie. They're sitting right here with me. Thank you guys both so much for being here. Thank you, thank you. (laughs) Thanks for having us. Yeah. So uh, when you guys started, you guys are, uh, you've been voice acting forever, right? Pretty much? It's been like seven years or so for Got me. Got you. Which is an eternity. Forever, yeah. Over 10 years for me. Gotcha. Yeah. That's cool. So like when you started, you guys were, how old then were you guys? Like you're... I was seven, I think. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I started voice acting after I started on camera acting. So I was like 11 or 12. Oh, so it was like, okay, cool. But yeah. it, you started... I, I I started with on camera as well, but oh. I I mean, I started on camera acting when I was four. So, oh, so I, I, was, I was initiated into the right. industry pretty young. Yeah. Grace been running the game for a long time. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. So when you guys... when uh, How old were you when you started Steven? Like how much experience did you... I was 14 gotcha. when we did the pilot, and gotcha. then there was a long gap of time before we recorded again. I, I believe I had just turned 15, I think. Cool. What guys, uh, did you guys like watch a bunch of cartoons and stuff like that when you were... Oh, totally. I was a huge Adventure Time fan before oh, I started working on the show. Nice. Yeah, I, I grew up on Cartoon Network and PBS Kids. Um, those are the two, because I got PBS Kids at home. My dad didn't want to pay right. for the additional cable when I was younger, so when <laughs> I go to my grandparents, I would watch Codename Kids Next Door, Dexter's, Powerpuff Girls, um, and then shows like like Clifford the Big Red Dog and Arthur when I was younger. I love so, it. Yeah. I s- Arthur is a classic. I still oh, watch yeah. Arthur every day. Every day. Less Arthur memes for <laughs> yes, bringing that back. Yes, keeping it going. So keeping many. the legacy alive. It's honestly, I don't know what about it makes it have such potent memes, but there's so many. Very memeable. Yeah. DW is just so rude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like that has a, like a, has a big part of it, probably. Um, so, like, you know, you, you've talked about, like, the process of, you know, you audition and get the part, but, like, do you guys remember where you were? when you got the news that you got the part and like how you reacted? (laughs) Um, I remember screaming in my (laughs) living room. My mom gave me a call. She wasn't home, but she had gotten a call from my agent and I just started screaming and like jumping up and down. (laughs) Just, you know, the the normal reaction that you'd have to that sort of thing. You gotta, right? Mine, I don't remember the particular moment I booked the pilot, but I do remember 10 months after we recorded the pilot, I came back to do uh, ADR pickups mm-hmm. for audio on the pilot. So what's, what's that? What's that mean? It's uh, additional dialogue replacement. Oh. So you go back in, they play like three beeps, sync it up to picture, and you, you voice like as your character's moving their mouth to try and match it for gotcha. the, any mistakes or like technical errors on, on recordings. But we went back in, and I'm in the middle of like signing the contract for the session, and all of a sudden, the studio teacher's like, oh, I heard the show got picked up. Congratulations. I look up like, what? <laughs> Wait a minute. What? And then three months later, we were recording the first session, and the show's been like so many surprises, because first, I didn't know that it got picked up. I didn't really know like how big the fan response was going to be, and then it just right. kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So it's it's definitely been a series of revelations over the course of the run of the show. That's really cool. It's like you sort of, you just sort of 
jump in without really knowing that much about what you're getting into, I guess. Like, because you just got the part, you're like, okay, yeah. <laughs> guess I'm doing this now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was just thrown in, and it was an awesome surprise to see that I was actually really passionate about the show I was working right. on, and I loved the writing, and I got along great with everyone else on the show, like this guy over here. <laughs> next you're to all me. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, actors, we're, we're mercenaries. Like, I mean... We go in on, on any show, especially when you're starting out, like, work is work. But, you know, to, to be on a show that, that blew up like this and, and really, you know, gave me a lot of opportunities in my career, to have it also be a show that I love to death and enjoy working on, it's not everyone is so fortunate. So I, I love that. Right. It's just, yeah, that's awesome. So, like, you guys, like, you, you talked about growing up with, with cartoons, but you guys kind of grew up with the characters too, right? Like, with Steven and Connie, because you guys sort of... Yeah, I mean, you guys were just kids when you got the part. Mm-hmm. What was that like? I mean, I pretty much went through high school playing Connie. I right. auditioned in my freshman year, and then I started working in my sophomore year, <laughs> and then the show came out in my junior year, oh and I started gosh. picking up speed in senior So that was just my adolescence, like uh, acclimating to this uh new crazy experience that I was I that I got to be a part of right you know oftentimes a lot of a lot of cartoons will hire adults to play kids and you know they're really good at it but I think Rebecca purposely Ian told me this a while back they they liked that I was just a kid yeah and I I I think that choice not just for like the life of Steven you know having that childlike wonder but also they knew that Steven would have this arc as the show went on and having someone that actually grew up sort of unintentionally subconsciously really played into the development of Steven and has taught me a lot about the craft yeah um, I think that's really cool like that they choose because a lot of times like you said they'll choose like an adult like woman to play the you know 12 year old kid because right. like it's it's convenient that their voice doesn't isn't going to change and like they're going to stay the same so if the show's going to go on for like 30 seasons or something you know voice changes what <laughs> yeah yeah you know a little bit about that right <laughs> so like talk about what was it like when you when your voice was changing and you had to adapt to the part what was that it's terrifying okay it's terrifying Bad. Like, I, you basically you have this instrument that i've been singing since i was seven and my voice didn't change since i was 15 or so so i had seven or eight years of knowing exactly what I could do with my voice and suddenly it's like you're wiping the like your settings on a computer and everything's factory default but it, and it's really like bad at its job yeah and that's that's what it was for about a year um I didn't really know like you know how to avoid voice cracks and I had to go back to my vocal teacher like two or three times a week just to you know get the range back but right. it, was, it was also very you know it made me nervous in the studio because I felt like I couldn't you know, perform to the best of my ability. That was a stressful period for me. Because mm-hmm. um, you just have to keep going in every every week or whatever, right? Yeah, like just yeah. just continuing to. Yeah, but the beauty of Steven is that he's actually aged as the show has gone on, yeah. so it, it aids rather than mm-hmm. you know hurt the development of the character. And you know, you you don't always get that opportunity, right? So. I think that's really cool that like uh, it's sort of because a lot of the times, like if you look at a show like Gumball or something, they've had like bunch of different actors play the the part because you know they they grow up and the voice changes and right um they live in a universe where it's you know you have to keep it consistent because mm-hmm. it's it's that's the format right yeah and it's a totally different it's totally different story with steven i think that's really cool um so as you as your characters sort of have gone through these arcs what do you think has been like the most defining like for the for for steven and for connie what are like the most defining moments for them like what do you think a decision they made or something they did that like that's that's what they are, you know. 
I believe for Connie, the biggest thing was her starting to fight alongside Steven and learning how to sword fight. And I think if you look at Connie's character arc, she started out as a much more insecure, less aware or not even uh, like less aware of her inner strength and through training with pearl and episodes like sworn to the sword she was able to (laughs) i i'm i'm a fan of that one (laughs) um but she was able to embrace her inner strength and be able to say yes i'm a human but that doesn't make me inferior to steven like i can still be just as strong and like I, I've found my self-worth. <laughs> I love that so much. I remember we were in your, your car the other day and oh, a yeah. song came on and you were like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have the, uh, a couple of songs from the soundtrack saved on my phone. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while when I'm driving with a friend, uh, one of my songs will come on. And I'm like, I'm just going to skip that because I don't want my friends to think that I'm listening to myself <laughs> sing in the car when I'm driving. Uh, yeah, I feel that. I feel that. But you, they're so good, though. Right, like, and also it, like, it, it feels cool to see your name right. come up, and you're like, oh, wow, like, there that I is am. me. <laughs> After the soundtrack dropped, I was like, ooh, I have a Spotify page. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, what do you think for Steven, the the moment, Do you, can you think of any? Yeah, I mean, speaking on a more general level, I think that when he really started to... Because he's been you know, emotionally maturing and taking more responsibilities. The show's gone on. That's his main through line. Right. But... As a, a point of diversion was when he realized that Rose was not who he thought she was or mm-hmm. who he had idealized her as. And Storm in the Room, it really came to head in that episode. Yeah. That's one of my favorites for that part of Steven's Still conscience. Still recovering emotionally from that episode, honestly. Oh, it's awful. It's like this this mix of uncanny valley and like loss and grief. Mm-hmm. And he's trying so hard to make it real. And he just knows the whole time that it isn't, but he's pretending. Uh. Um, and that really encapsulates that entire arc for him right yeah yeah yikes yeah (laughs) heavy heavy stuff yeah um so like as far as you talked about the the characters changing how has like the the playing the characters do you think it's like challenged like you guys or changed you as uh the the show's gone on like other than like you know just stuff like now I have a Wikipedia article or something, you know, like, <laughs> or like, like, but like change you as a person, you know, working with Rebecca and the crew particularly and, and working on something that's so, you know, so artistically driven. Um, it, it has taught me a, about a lot about artistry. Um, when I was a kid, I was an actor because it was really fun and I loved performing. Now for me, it's like everything that I do is about artistic expression and like what is your art doing for people and and what messages it's sending like all of that was something i learned from being on the show um, right. and being in close proximity to it for so long in such formative years i agree completely i mean i think being surrounded by a team that cares so deeply about um the project and the work in steven universe and the universe of steven universe mm-hmm. is so inspiring to be around and being with Rebecca Sugar and just seeing how much passion she puts into it is really, it inspires you to take that into whatever projects you do from here on out and say, I want to put 110% to everything I do just like this. And I think specifically with my relationship to playing Connie, her 
coming out of her shell is a very adolescent experience because you kind of realize like, oh, I'm not a kid anymore. What does this mean? How do I be a grown up? And then you realize, oh, I don't have to stifle like who I am to act mature. I can embrace like my childlike side, but deal with a lot more heavy concepts and with weightier um, outcomes, obstacles that adults have to face Mm -hmm. on the regular. Yeah, I feel like you have to have both both sides, you know, to be able to cope with any of that, right? Right. You have to have the... And I love that still with dealing with the heavy stuff that Steven's dealing with, realizing who his mother actually was, him and Connie still get to be kids sometimes. Right, yeah. There are episodes where they just go on fun adventures and goof off. Yeah, 11 minutes of just having a good time. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that's, it. that's why Steven and Connie need each other so much in their in each other's lives because you know when we met Connie she was you know under an extreme supervision by her parents and was living that very adult life at a very young <laughs> age and Steven was because of his responsibilities so it 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 really is a good dynamic right for them. yeah I love that I I feel like the the thing you said about Rebecca too I've I felt that just just being here for just even just for a short time it's like I feel like every time I come in here I'm like. I'm inspired. I want to. I want to make something. You know, like yeah. I want to. I want to do that. That's that's really cool. Okay, cool. Yeah, I want to keep talking about this. Uh, we're going to talk more about working on the show right after this. Okay, yeah, we're back with Zach and Grace. Thank you guys again for being here. So I want to jump in and ask. I kind of I think about this a lot. What is it like when you guys see the finished like episodes? Is it like a deja vu? Like I remember recording that, or do you not remember it all? Or are you like, oh, this makes so much more sense? It's in trippy. Context? Yeah, <sighs> it's it's really interesting because there is a pretty substantial chunk of time between recording and actually seeing right. the episode come out uh, just because every episode has to get animated yeah. um, and edited but seeing everything come together and you see you hear the music that was made for the episode it's you almost get sucked in and you're like I mean I I usually remember va- at least vaguely right. but there's still like a little surprise in there there's always something that I didn't I wasn't there with every single person voice acting for the episode mm-hmm. it it's always entertaining for me to see I never skip watching yeah. a new episode sometimes I have to DVR and catch up a little later, but I always make sure I stay with what's currently airing. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Stay up to date. Yeah, (laughs) it's also the first time we ever see color in the storyboards, the animatics, anything. They're all in black and white until the episode comes out for us. Because once they're you know doing their coloring, that's like way past our part of the process. Mm -hmm. And it's like there's all these different color schemes, and you're like, oh, that's what that character's supposed to look like. What you know? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. No, the the show really uses color exceptionally well and it's very vibrant and Mm -hmm. you know we sort of have to imagine that when we're in the studio and it's it's nice to be able to see the finished product eventually because like she said there's a huge gap (laughs) and you forget minor details too sometimes like oh i remember that line i did like 17 takes of that (laughs) (laughs) right i got you uh, so, like, you're talking about, like, the process of the record and stuff like that. So I want to talk more about that. Like, what's it what's it like just being in the actual studio? Like, I remember you, you talk about how you wave your hands around like a crazy person a lot of the time. Like, 
Uh, do you, do you, oh, oh yeah, especially when I have to do any efforts, like if I'm running or if I'm fighting, I'm always just swinging my arms around, right. just, I mean, it also helps because you have to move your body a little bit, otherwise it won't sound like your character mm-hmm. is. If your character is jumping up on a monster and swinging your sword, then if you're just standing like a plank, it's not gonna it's not gonna sound realistic. Right? Yeah. It has you have to. to it's to very method. Sound. You have to very um, method. Become yes. the character. Yes. <laughs> I love watching people like John DiMaggio do all of that brilliantly while seated. I've never understood. <laughs> do they? A lot of a lot of the, those guys that have been around oh, forever and are really good at what they do, they just sit the whole time. Oh my god! Kevin Michael Richardson is another one. He usually sits in the studio, and it's like, how do you have that much power and energy from a studio position? I can't imagine that. I mean, even today, there are a couple of times where I accidentally jumped a little bit, and my feet (laughs) made a noise, and they're like, "Okay, we need to do that again. Can you not move as much? Calm down, Grace. (laughs) I'm with a sword. (laughs) I'm method. I I went and took like fencing lessons. (laughs) Not not actually. I I love. I actually had a jam implanted in my belly button. Oh, good. <laughs> I figured I couldn't, you know, do the character justice without right, you have that to. level of yeah. commitment. Yeah, I totally understand. I totally understand. Is it is it tough to, like, I remember you talked about, is it tough to keep your schedule consistent so you can go in? Like, how often do you guys see yourself going into the booth just to record? I usually am in weekly when we're, you know, in full swing with recording. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I'd, I've always blocked out Wednesday is, is my day. Right. Um, and I'm always here whenever I can so I don't miss ensemble records. But, you know, everything around that, it's been very busy. I'm working on a ton of other stuff right now. So mm-hmm. that's, I always have to make sure I keep my Tuesday nights free. Right, yeah. Get some sleep. To make sure, yeah. yeah. I got you. Uh, it was a little bit different when I was out of town for yeah, school. That's, yeah. But since I've been back, I. I'm again. I keep my Wednesdays free and clear, but it depends on where uh, the the plot is at. So there are some times where I'm in like three weeks in a row. Sometimes it's every other week, or sometimes it's bigger gaps. But it depends. Right, right. So I'm gonna ask about about the characters real quick. What you think about the characters? Uh, so um, this is a a question that is weighed on my mind. Do you think that Connie or Steven would read fan fiction? Not about the show, but just like in general. Totally. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Connie. Connie would be such a fangirl. Connie would write write it. Oh she yeah, no. Con- oh, totally. Connie would write it definitely. I, I think I, love it. I think Connie would find uh, a fanfic and then be like, mm, I take issue. I don't think that that would. I don't think that that was very canon. And like, <laughs> and like let me let me, yeah exactly like let me rework uh, this plot a right. little bit and she'd get out her like <laughs> laptop or notebook or whatever she'd have and get going. Maybe she'd even write it with a quill. I don't know. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I could totally see steven just like chilling in bed reading lonely blade crying breakfast friends crossover <laughs> fan fiction <laughs> i love it that's awesome oh uh, yeah what kind of video games do you think they would play rpgs totally yeah? rpgs yeah i always thought steven might play nintendogs or something <laughs> <laughs> just like he's like i yes. i feel like connie would love puzzle or strategy games yeah i, I yeah. like anything that really works out her brain that she's yes. got she's, she's got a good brain she has a good brain <laughs> she's got it 
I raise you Peridot playing Nintendogs. I, oh. yes. <laughs> oh, that, yes. That is. I won't it listen to me. Uh, when you have, the, I remember you could like record your voice like yeah. um, doing the tricks and you could like say it with every intonation you wanted. That is um, a YouTube video right there. That would be oh my. gold. He's showing me in here right now. Yeah. <laughs> Making this a reality. <laughs> That's awesome. So like, uh, what's it like seeing... The fan response, because a lot of these things are stuff that, like, you know, fanfics and stuff like that. What's it like seeing the fan response to the show after, uh, like you said, it was very surprising at first, but, like, today, like, what do you think? What do you think? What are you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, man. yeah, I, I mean, my routine for the first couple seasons of the show was to go online and read almost every episode review and everything that the fans were saying yeah. about everything because I wanted to be super immersed in the universe. And then school picked up and stuff, right. and I didn't really have the same amount of downtime to put in that effort but still also too high of a volume anymore right right mm. when it first started it was like oh let me go check out the subreddit and yeah, yeah. back so, when it was like two thousand people right <laughs> yeah yeah uh but still even to this day just when people tell me that they watch the show i mean i'll meet someone and i'll tell them that i work on the show and they'll be like i love that show and i'm like right? so humbled and grateful to be part of something that so many people are so passionate about being a part of and to add on to that, hearing when people have been positively affected by the show, if it's, you know, they say they were in a dark place and they listened to the show and it really helped them. I hear that all the time from people. And right. obviously I can't take credit for that. I mean, the show is Rebecca and the crew versus baby, but just being able to say I, I contributed to that and exactly. I was part of that project that, you know, helps not one person, but all these people out that, that that's amazing. Yeah, I hear stories like that all the time, too. I think it, it, the show means so much to so many people. It's really inspiring, honestly. So one thing I'm thinking about, too, is uh, since since we're talking about the fan response, what kind of advice would you have for younger actors who are looking to get into voice acting, like if there's people listening? Dee Bradley Baker, who plays Lion on our show mm-hmm. and literally every animal and he's, creature. Yeah, every he's next ever, level. <laughs> um, has a website called IWantToBeAVoiceActor.com. Yeah. And it's... It's a very comprehensive resource, you know, across the board for getting mm-hmm. into it. But on a more general note, I mean, theater really helped me get into the business. Um, right. It helped me with voiceover later on, although I didn't know it at the time. That that's what I was working towards. Um, but that's a big thing, and you can do it anywhere. It's community theater, school theater. There's always some place that will will be looking for you. Also, Ooh. for me, I would say just on a practical level, read out loud. Like yeah. if you're right. reading a book. Read out loud. Just get used to reading lines and do tongue twisters and just keep your mouth in shape. Right. <laughs> but yeah. also uh, on a more emotional, mental level, you have you have to be tenacious and you have to if the, if it's your dream, you gotta you gotta fight for it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it it's a it, it can be tough to get your foot in the door, but if you work hard and you don't give up, then. I mean, how are you going to get anywhere? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Thank you guys so much. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, for the, the next segment, we are going to have uh, two very special guests, completely separate from Zach and Grace. We're going to have Stephen and Connie on the show. So that's very exciting. Looking forward to that. Uh, so we'll get right back to that right after this. All right, guys, I'm joined by Stephen and Connie. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Hi. No problem. 
Okay, cool. So I, I have a few questions for you guys, if you don't mind. Can I just jump right into them and everything? Is that good? Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so first off, what kind of superpowers would you want if you could choose anything? And that's not including the, the powers, like the healing and stuff like that. Other stuff. Oh, um, teleportation, because then my big donut runs would be like 30 seconds instead of 10 minutes, Sorry. and I could go see Lars more often. Yes. Uh, I, I would want to be invisible. I, I feel like that would be really helpful with my sword fighting. They wouldn't be able to see right. see me coming in here. Also, I could probably uh, sneak into the library after hours. Ooh. It would probably help tennis, too. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's I definitely feel like that true. might be considered cheating if you're if you're actually invisible when you're playing tennis. But you know, we'll make it work. We can make it work. Um, so, are you are you the kind of person who puts pineapple on on your pizza? What's your opinion on this this uh, whole uh, conflict right now? I'm not a fan. No, it scares me. I feel that. I feel the same way. It's kind of horrifying. I I just feel like if you look at molecular gastronomy, the flavor combinations and the flavor profiles just aren't consistent. They just don't make sense. I feel the same way. That's a good point, Connie. I think I know what that means. Yes, exactly. Okay, cool. Uh, This is a classic question I have for you guys. Um, Would you rather fight 100 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? Um... It would be easier to fight the 100. Mm-hmm. But I really want to see a horse-sized duck. <laughs> like, I hear like, that. Like, really, really want to see one. I-, I think I agree with Steven on that one. Horse-sized duck. Horse-sized duck. <laughs> horse-sized duck. Okay, okay. I hear you. I hear you. Makes sense. That makes sense. I see your reasoning. Um, I was wondering, would you rather see a Lonely Blade crossover with Crying Breakfast Friends or with Camp Pining Hearts? Oh, no. I see crying breakfast friends. (laughs) This is a hard question. Um, Camp Pining Hearts. Yeah? For the drama. Oh, okay. It's because Steven loves schmaltz. Uh, Camp Pining Hearts is so campy. (gasps) Yeah, but that's that's why I like it. It's melodrama. (laughs) Don't let Peridot hear you. And Peridot and I could binge watch it. Right. She right. won't watch anything else. It's great binge-watching material. I'll just be over in the corner reading Unfamiliar Familiar for the 700th time. <laughs> You're missing out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So uh, this is something I've thought about. Do you think that it would make sense to install a doorbell on your dad's van? What do you, what do you think about that? It would be more practical to wake him up. Yeah? Yeah. I think he needs it. Or maybe an air horn. Yeah, the, the both would work. It seems like mm-hmm. he takes a little a little bit of time sometimes to respond to the, the knocking, you know. <laughs> he always gets up eventually. Yeah, it, I, I feel that. That's me in the morning, too. I, I totally understand. So one thing I have, I have been wondering is, uh, what's the weirdest place that you have ever found onion? Oh. Um... And strangely enough, in his house, <laughs> I've only actually seen him there like one time, and it was really <laughs> weird. Oh, yeah? I would tell the story, but I think a lot of you already know it. So. Oh, yeah? <laughs> we don't need to rehash. <laughs> I hear you. He has a secret room. <laughs> yeah. That's that's kind of horrifying. I don't want to know what goes on in there. Mm-mm. Nope. What about you? Uh, okay, well... One time when I was visiting Stephen's dad, I saw him at It's a Wash inside the washing machines. Like 
on like hanging off one of the brushes yeah like while it was active or yes it was like a roller coaster ride for him okay that sounds horrifying but i you know you do you onion you you live he your always life. does him onion is a thrill seeker that's that's fair i feel that he enjoys himself yeah he has a good time i i can't blame him honestly one other question i have is does stevani when you guys fuse into stevani do you think that have you guys tried this out does stevani have your combined video game skills like do you think have you tried that or uh yeah we've tried it yeah uh, tons of times okay I couldn't beat the last level of the new Lonely Blade game until we fused. Oh yeah, <laughs> then it then it's a breeze. Oh yeah, we we killed it. Awesome. Okay, cool. We have better reaction times. Nice. <laughs> okay. And APMs. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. What, I I don't know what that means actually, but I. It's a, it's actions per minute. You know oh. when you're like playing a strategy game gotcha. and you gotta click a lot. To out to beat your opponent, mash the button, mm-hmm. mash button power. Okay, that's incredible. I'm good at it, but Stevani's great at it. Gotcha. That seems like it'd be coming handy. I, I have faced a lot of levels where I would like to have that kind of power. Uh, another question: Have you guys ever used Garnet's hair as a pillow or wanted to? Yeah, she she doesn't let me very often, but it is very comfortable. <laughs> I haven't had the honor. You haven't. But I, you would if you, I, I would if the opportunity I, arose. <laughs> yes. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um, okay. Last question I have is: What is the biggest mess you've ever had to hide from Pearl? Mm. Or, or what strategy? What's the best way to clean up fast if Pearl's coming? Like, either one. Fuse into Stevani. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Covered twice the ground. I mean, we're small children, but as Stevani, we're almost a fully grown, tall human being yeah you can you can or just go fusion. and when when we're stevani pearl can't get as mad at us because she doesn't know who did what <laughs> <laughs> so she's just like uh it's a bit of a wild card situation i hear you it seems like a that seems like a great see you have the video game there's a lot of perks to, to fusing into stevani definitely feel like and in a variety of situations fusion's the greatest yeah yeah fusion <laughs> Okay, guys, thank you so much for coming. Uh, It's been really cool talking to you. Well, thank you for having us. It was really fun. Yeah, I had a great time talking with you. I'm going to go study now, though. (laughs) All right, later. Bye. Okay, that wraps up today's episode. Thanks again to Zach Callison and Grace Rolek and to Stephen and Connie. It was so much fun to have them all on the show. Join me next Thursday as we talk and meet with some of the storyboard artists and directors behind Steven Universe. We'll find out what they do, how the creative process works, and what inspires them. And remember, if you guys have any questions about the show or for the Crewniverse, including show creator Rebecca Sugar, please hit me up on Twitter at MKIwood or the Cartoon Network official Twitter and use the hashtag StevenUniversePodcast. We'll try to answer as many of them as we can. And if you hadn't hit the subscribe button yet for the Steven Universe podcast, you can do that at Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. If you subscribe, you'll never miss an episode. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. I'm Mackenzie Atwood, and I'll see you next Thursday.